you signed up for this. You knew exactly what was going to be asked of you when you put a ring on this finger. I'm, sh- I'm shedding blame because blame goes back to your father because he gave me permission. That's true. I am absent of no blame. <laughs> Matu Ferrata Nectar. Okay. Welcome to another episode of Don't Touch That, It's Haunted, a podcast where we talk about all manner of spooky, macabre, and taboo subjects, and that's how you say macabre. Oh, my bad. (laughs) Uh, There was an R in it. I was confused. Yeah, it's spelled macabre. Yeah. But it's macabre. I got my stuff. It it happens. (laughs) This is live theater. Yeah. So, as you can tell, I'm Grace, and with me again is Adam. Because again, Hello. COVID is still a thing. I had to get tested again for that last week. I don't have it. Yep, that's two times you failed this test, which in this is really age, good. Failure of this test is a good thing. Right. You want an F. I, yes. But uh, yeah, so that's there wasn't an episode last weekend or last week, um, obviously. Because I had uh, I had another COVID scare, and then I had a little medical thing that I had to take care of. Everything's fine, um, but that's why you got the the Jack Skellington poem, yes. which I'm gonna put on before I do this episode. Oh, so there you go. if they're listening in order, they will listen to the poem first. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. Good. <laughs> What's new with you since uh, the last time we podcasted? I don't know. I'm back at work. You are. Officially. Mm-hmm. Like the store is open and everything. Yep. People are coming in. They're being like, what's up? Give me a sword. Are you selling a lot of swords? Yeah. Or is it mostly anime stuff? No, it's, we don't really have a lot of anime stuff, so it's mostly swords and whatnot. Oh. Yeah, I got a haircut. You did. It looks really nice. I mean, it's not styled at all. But, but like, it's a nice haircut. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, uh... It is the Christmas season. Christmas is like two weeks away, which can you friggin' believe that? Mm. Christmas is two weeks away. I know. 2020, man. I know. It is the fastest, slowest year we've ever had. I feel that so hard because, like, I was thinking the other day about when we went out for New Year's Eve, and that feels like it was like a month ago. But then I think about everything that we've been through this year. There is a cat trying to get into a bag, as per usual. <laughs> um, so yeah, Christmas. So uh, our next two episodes, we're gonna talk about some uh, spooky Christmas things, like a like a dark Christmas, if you would. Ooh, spooky we're Christmas! We're gonna put the night in Holy Night. Oh, ho, ho. I like that. You're checking to see if there's gnats in your wine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how, but I ended up double fisting two things that I didn't really enjoy. <laughs> They're both like my beverages. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's like my 19 year all over again. Yeah. Drinking to drink. Just whatever somebody has yeah. in there. So Adam poured me a glass of wine because he loves me. 
but um, I think it might be Pinot Grigio and I don't like Pinot Grigio. So he's like, all right, well, I'll drink this. But he already had a uh, grape Smirnoff ice. It's none of my beer. Which, <laughs> and uh, grape Smirnoff ice used to be like my drink when I first started drinking. So uh, whatever, it's my, it's my half day off. Yeah. <laughs> no excuses, no apologies. So this week, we're going to talk about some um, kind of dark, spooky Christmas traditions of years past. Uh, so I just watched, oh, what is it called? The Man Who Invented Christmas, which is a movie with, um, is his name Dan Stevens? He's the guy that played the Beast in, sure. the, in the Beauty and the Beast remake a couple years ago. And he was in Downton Abbey. And, oh, he was on that TV show, Legion. None of this is uh, anyway. as me at all. I mean, but, I did see the remake of so, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, well, I mean, that was him. You couldn't really tell because of all the CGI. But that was him. That was CGI? Yeah. What? Although, if you've seen, like, the behind-the-scenes stuff, he's in this green suit, and it, like, looks like the beast and so he's like walking all funny maybe right. it was great anyway i digress but so i watched that um and it's all about charles dickens and kind of how he came up with um a christmas carol and i don't know how accurate it is obviously because you know how they do with those based on a sorry i hit the microphone with my phone uh, so the movie says that Basically, Christmas was not celebrated like it is today. Like it was it was kind of like a holiday that wasn't a major holiday. And then after the book came out, everything changed. And that's why we celebrate it the way that it is today. Um, so before then, there were a lot of really weird. I don't want to say weird because you believe what you believe, whatever. But there were a lot of weird traditions so we're going to talk about some of those today. Let's do it. Yeah. So uh, my first couple come from this article from Bustle.com entitled Eight Christmas Traditions from History That Are Actually Creepy as Hell by J.R. Thorpe. Um, and we're not going to go over all eight. So if you're counting along and you're like, hey, they only talked about three of these. I'm not covering all eight. That's just the name of the article. So we're covering the creepiest. Yes. Oh. Hang on, we have an emergency from this cat. Uh, so from this article, the quote, modern Christmas as we know it is compiled from traditions that in some cases stretch back hundreds of years from the use of Christmas trees to celebrate, a practice beloved by the Vikings, to mistletoe on the doorways, which uh, dates back to kissing boughs from the early middle ages. In some cases, old traditions still linger or might be making a comeback, but in other slightly more absurd or disgusting cases, they might be best left in the past. You know, it's weird, but hmm. I think we owe more of our Christmas traditions, at least, uh -huh. to Vikings than we do actual Christian. Mm-hmm. Well, because uh, Christmas was a, a pagan holiday. Yeah, uh, yeah. Christmas was a pagan holiday. And I know that's you know that's how and Riley, um, Riley's that way. Yeah, he's a Yule guy. Ah, he he believes in the Vikings. That's I I heard. Well, I mean someone, the Vikings are obviously real. Well, no, no, I get what you mean. Um, 
I heard somewhere once, and so I've always wanted an opportunity to do this myself, that somebody, um, every time somebody would like kind of aggressively go Merry Christmas, they'd go Happy Yule and just walk away. And so I kind of want to do that to somebody one day. Yeah, I always answer with Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, I mean, historically, Christ was born in summertime because that's when the... Uh, census was taken yeah so that's true it's his half birthday babe yeah yeah that's well actually that yeah actually in school they would have celebrated his half birthday yeah so yeah yeah, it's his half or like uh it was summer break when he had his birthday and he wanted to celebrate okay yeah so his mom made some cookies they brought it in (laughs) so that's how we got the tradition of christian christmas no one is changing my mind (laughs) um all right so the first one we have christmas ornaments evolved from witch balls now are we talking about balls (laughs) of witches made are we talking about warlocks you know man jewels i mean maybe both oh my god okay Quick side note, and this gets a little uh, um, distressing, maybe. Apparently, they're like back in the days of witches, there were these things called necropants. And you had to get a person's permission while they were still alive to do this after they died. Otherwise, it wouldn't work. But you skin a man from the waist down and you put on his legs as pants. And then money appears in the scrotum and so that's the necropants but as soon as you die somebody else has to step into the pants it's a whole thing there's a skit there that's just, yes there yeah there's a there's a guy being like i don't want to wear dad's necropants this is stupid <laughs> is it and it's an antique tradition <laughs> Uh, they're passed down from son to son. You are going to wear these pants and you're going to like. They're driving like Lamborghinis. It's the uh, the really awful Bollywood movie of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Leather pants. Leather pants. <laughs> or le- leather legs, I guess. <laughs> leather thighs. Leather thighs. <laughs> um, all right. So witch balls. Uh, the tradition of hanging toys and treats from the Christmas tree is largely German in origin, but the phenomenon of glass-blown spheres and baubles may actually be part of a spooky idea dating back to at least the 17th century across Britain and Ireland. Witch balls! These were glass-blown spheres, sometimes layered on the inside with silver, that were believed to ward off evil spirits. The National Museum, stop cracking your knuckles into the microphone. That is gross. It's spooky. It's spooky, creaking noises. (laughs) Uh, The National Museum of Ireland explains the Oxford Dictionary of English Folklore, folklore, Taylor Swift reference, states that their purpose was to, quote, attract and neutralize the evil eye of a passing witch either by reflecting it back upon her or by puzzling her with the pattern, unquote. Are you still cracking your knuckles? No, that was the cat eating. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) Uh, The belief at that time was that the bright colors of the ball 
after enticing the witch and possibly other darker spirits would trap them inside it and thus protect the home from such negativity. Witch balls also gained popularity among the settlers of New England who sometimes filled them with holy water for added protection. Witch balls were originally placed in windows, but the process by which they may have moved from that location to a Christmas tree is mysterious. It's not far-fetched, though, to suppose that people wanted to charm away spirits at a particularly holy and important point in the year and saw an opportunity in tree decorations. It's another example of ways in which pagan traditions and Christian belief have meddled in Christmas's history. Dun, dun, dun. So that's witch balls for you. All right, witch balls. Um, Numero two. The Irish once celebrated by killing wrens. It's a bird. I knew that. That's a small bird. Uh, also, what's with birds and Christmas? I mean, birds have a, a long tradition of them being involved in our holidays just in general. Birds deliver us to our parents, babe. That's true. <laughs> That's not a holiday, though. Oh, uh, excuse me? My birthday is, is a holiday. Oh, I'm so sorry. Well, next year it will be. Your birthday's oh, on yeah, Thanksgiving next year. <laughs> didn't, mean, didn't mean that to be He's literal. He's a November but... baby. <laughs> That's, I could have been born... On Christmas, my due date was the 19th. I was born a couple weeks early because I couldn't wait to get out in the world. I was like, here I am, world. I have no idea if I was early or late. I just know that I was born uh, late on a Saturday. I just wanted to party. You just wanted to party. <laughs> You've got a little baby six pack. Hey, guys. Yep. It's full I'm of, here. Bottles. Little bottles, and I'm, I'm wearing my diaper on my head. <laughs> okay, that's a skit I need. <laughs> um, all right, so back to the Irish. Um, in Ireland, the Christmas celebrations extend beyond December 25th, um, and up until relatively recently, involved bird murder. According to regional Irish tradition, wait, real quick, are we talking yeah. about bird murder, like bird like killing murdering birds, or birds. are we talking about crows? Oh, I I get I guess I could be talking about a group of crows. I'm just saying that there is yeah. a you know we have to yeah. be distinct in this one. Mm -hmm. So anyone that listens to uh, my favorite murder will know uh, Canuck the crow. You see, I've showed you the animation. Twice. It was a uh, don't say that like it's a bad thing. <laughs> So basically there was this crow in Canada and he like he had been injured or something. So they put like a little tag on him so that they could, you know, uh, follow his recovery or whatever. So they knew that it was him. But there a guy set fire to a car in a McDonald's parking lot and there he was like going to stab somebody or he had stabbed somebody. And so he had this knife. Well, he dropped the knife and then Canuck the crow emerges from the roof of the burning car, picks up the knife and leads police on a chase. He recently became a father. Oh, good for him. Yeah. But anyway, so that's- He has his own murder. Yeah, so that's what crows make me think of now. It's just Canuck the crow, just chilling. Um, okay, so it extends. According to regional Irish tradition, St. Stephen's Day, the 26th, was celebrated by killing a wren, 
placing it on top of a decorated pole and taking it from house to house in a procession, singing and demanding money. Because that's what you do around the holidays is you demand money. And you sing. And you sing. Nowadays, we're lazy, so we just bring bells out in front of your grocery stores. Right, 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 right. People always say Merry Christmas to me, though, when they do that. Pro, uh, well, yeah, they're a very Christian group. That's Sebastian. That's well. Uh, but pro tip, enter in the liquor entrance. They don't. They don't go they, there. They don't post. <laughs> I've, uh, Interesting. I Honestly, yeah. In this time of year, I go through the liquor entrance every mm-hmm. time because they don't have a bell ringer right. there. Well, I just feel bad because I, I never carry cash, so I never have anything for them. But they make me feel bad about not putting anything in the bucket. Eh, you could be worse. I'm sure they deal with a lot of shitty people like right. that. Right. Well, and also, like, there have been a couple of times where I want to, like, go to, uh, like, there was one outside of Hy-Vee the other day. I wanted to go to the Starbucks inside, like, get them a hot Coca or something. But I was like, if a stranger handed me a drink, I wouldn't drink it. So I don't want to do that either. Because I don't want to seem creepy, but um, maybe I'll just go buy them a gift card sometime and be like, you're out here in the cold, go get a cocoa. Well, yeah, you can't just really give them $5 to them just put it in a little thing. Exactly. I guess they could drop the card in the bucket. But <laughs> There is a coffee for the homeless. All right, back to this bird death. So uh, the precise origins of the idea of wren slaughter are unclear. It's either a reference to an idea that the saint himself, Saint Stephen, was betrayed by a wren, or a legend. Yeah, it doesn't it it doesn't say how he was betrayed by a wren, but um, go on. Or a legend about wrens exposing hiding Irish villagers during a Viking raid in the seven hundreds. What? What are you thinking? What's going on? They're just thinking about being betrayed by a wren. I trusted you. <laughs> I don't even. I, well, I don't even know how you get betrayed by a random, but just like. I have two theories. Number one, they were very ahead of their time, and they were thinking about uh, Kevin Bacon from Footloose. Or number two, they were very ahead of their time, and they were thinking about the sister from Even Stevens. Yes, that's what I was. <laughs> Those are the two ways. Well, this one says, yeah, you know, that people were hiding, and I guess the wrens were just loud or some shit, and they led the Vikings to them. Fucking wren. So maybe that's what it was? I don't oh, yeah, know. Maybe a, maybe a wren revealed right. what it was. I don't know. Uh, the tradition known as going on the wren or jenny hunting is recorded all the way up to the 1930s in County Sligo and the Isle of Man. And people who gave pennies to, quote, bury the wren might also receive a feather from the wren itself to protect against bad luck. While the procession persists in some specific parts of the island, or of, sorry, uh, specific parts of Ireland, wrens themselves remain, and this is the word they use, unmolested. Oh, nice. No one's molesting those wrens. That's good. Yeah. They can just fly about their day without a worry in the world. Not being molested. Yeah. No murdering wrens today. Um, Next up. Christmas Eve involved burning yourself on alcoholic raisins. That just sounds like a party. (laughs) It was. Let me tell (laughs) you. So this tradition dates back at least to the 1600s in England and is referenced in Shakespeare, Dickens, Austen, and Agatha Christie. She's the only one that gets two names. She's the only female. 
You want to think about that for a second? I thought we were just pointing out differences. I don't know what you're fishing for. Jane Austen. Oh. Shakespeare, Dickens, Austen, and Agatha Christie. I honestly didn't even think about who gotcha. Austen was. Yeah. Gotcha. See, Austen I mean, it's a male history. name. Yeah, see, I got gotcha. you. Mm-hmm. It was a mistake. Step yeah. one, accept that you're wrong. Step two, learn. Very beautifully said. Boom. <laughs> Step three, examine my personal biases. So the idea of playing, quote, Snapdragon or, quote, Flapdragon on Christmas Eve is now lost, but it was a standard part of the season for hundreds of years, even though health and safety would now have a total fit about it. The British, oh my goodness, I'm sorry that I'm going to mispronounce this word. The British lexiconographer Francis Gross wrote about this rule in 1811. Quote, raisins and almonds being put into a bowl of brandy and the candles extinguished. The spirit is set on fire and the company scrambles for the raisins. The fun lay in the fact that the flaming raisins were boiling hot and had to be extinguished by putting them in your mouth. And yes, it was particularly played by children. Whoa. (laughs) Um, Unsurprisingly, it died out in the 1900s as people started to be less happy about putting out fires and giving children serious burns. You know what? I'm just... I'm not happy burning my child anymore like I used to be. I'm just... Let's be real, though. People didn't care about children until the 90s. So, think about it. Well, I mean, that... Latchkey kids in, like, the 80s and I guess 90s still, but... Yeah. 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 (laughs) But... Go on. Oh, thank you. Uh... Da, 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 da. The modern British tradition of soaking the Christmas pudding in brandy and setting it alight just before eating, though, may well come from the same origins. Interesting. Yeah. So we should try that sometime. Burn some raisins. <laughs> All right. We'll play it with uh, Jake and Ashley and Luke and Maddie. And the Gomez's. And the Gomez's. And Xavier. And Xavier. <laughs> And his imaginary girlfriend. Hey, he could have a girlfriend by Christmas if he wanted to. That's true. He's just very picky. Yeah. But I mean, he's a man who knows what he wants. I, That's I, true too. I, I can't. I can't. He don't need. He don't need no woman. Yeah. He's yeah. A, he's a strong he is black a strong, man. confident black man, and he can do this. <laughs> um. All right. So next up, the Christmas Day feast was a flaming boar's head. I think I actually knew some part of that. Yeah? Yeah, that just sounds familiar. Before turkey and all the trimmings, upper-class celebrations of Christmas in the 1500s in England might have involved a particularly threatening centerpiece, a boar's head. We know from a carol dating to the 1520s that it was part of Christmas tradition to bring a boar's head with, quote, garlands gay of rosemary, unquote, to the table, often while singing a particular song about its origins and the threat it posed to civilized people while alive. Well, I mean, it was the the Middle Ages. I mean, right? But Middle Ages standards. I'm an old man. That's true. It's true. 
yeah, if you haven't had a kid by like the time you're 12 in the Middle Ages, I mean, no one's ever going to want you. I'd be an old maid. I'm there. With your cats. With my cats! <laughs> I don't know what I would do without these cats. These cats give me life every single day. They also give you stress. Oh my god, they do, but I love them so gosh darn much, but they're little assholes, but I just Don't love say that when Boo Bradley's in the room. <laughs> he thinks he can get away with it. That's true. Um, da 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 da, where was I? Uh, it was the first course and was meant to be eaten with mustard sauce. Though an amazing recipe from a French cookbook in the 1420s involved gilding the boar's head with gold leaf and then putting camphor dipped candles in its mouth so that it genuinely looks like it's breathing fire. Christmas ham seems pretty boring in comparison. I was going to say, that just sounds <laughs> awesome. It really does. I mean, I think boars, like what, they went, they kind of went endangered a little bit. At least more than, I don't know. more than turkeys. I mean, I can't really go out boar hunting. Right. But I can go turkey hunting. You could. There's a lot of turkeys out there. One particular college in Oxford continues a tradition of boar's head on Christmas Day that appears to have developed in the 19th century, with an accompanying legend that a scholar wandering in the woods near the college came across a wild boar and defeated it by shoving his philosophy book down its throat. All right. <laughs> a few, Go for you. I know. what. Whatever you got to do, man. A few other colleges and schools in the U.S. have the same tradition, but with, must let, with much less exciting origins. Don't, um, in magicals, don't they have a pig head? I remember them uh, at Peru doing like the magical dinner, and I thought that's an your question. I've never been to a magical dinner. X, if you listen to this podcast, and now I'll know if you don't. <laughs> please answer this question. Well, we also did just insult his uh, I his love life. Saved it. He doesn't need a woman. He is an independent man with his own business now. He's a, he's a DJ, babe. He's a DJ. He is. Uh, so, uh, if anyone listening is a around 30s uh, single white woman, we have a friend we'd like you to meet. <laughs> All right. So okay. Um, I'm going to mispronounce this too. Wassailing, W-A-S-S-A-I-L-I-N-G. Wassailing was meant to scare ghosts away. Uh, we mostly know the word was sailing from, from things old... I did last weekend. Sure. Was sailing. I, sorry, I, it was a joke I had built in my head. Oh, it did not play well. Well, it doesn't always. You, yeah, I mean, you got to fire. You know what? You made the effort. It's a numbers you game. tried. It's a numbers game. Exactly. You were not afraid to put it out there, and they're, I respect they're you. They're not all gold stars. That's true. But if you keep them all in, how do you know which ones are? Exactly. Um. We know the word was sailing, and I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing it incorrectly, from old carols nowadays, but from from the medieval period in England, onwards into involved sharing apple-spiked drinks like lamb's wool, which involved heating apples until they exploded in boiling alcohol, and then added some spices. Ooh. And wishing each other good cheer. Some people took vast bowls of wassailing from house to house in order to spread goodwill. In apple-centric rural areas, though, the tradition of wassailing around the 12 days of Christmas took on more elaborate forms, some of which survive to this day. 
to wassail meant going out to visit the orchard in a giant procession on the 12th day of Christmas, singing happy songs to the trees to ensure a good harvest and protect them from evil spirits, shooting, shooting and hollering to scare away any ghosts, and sometimes asking small boys to hang toast-soaked in cider on the boughs to attract good spirits in the form of birds. I have no <laughs> proof of this, but that sounds like the most Nebraska city thing ever. I was I was thinking that because the orchard. I could, I could see and you shooting. Doing, I could see you doing this shit. So yeah, basically they sang to the trees to uh, to make sure that they produced good fruit. Well, not sober. Yeah. Well, that's true. They are drinking. Um, well, I'm just saying I wouldn't every... do it sober. But... Oh, you wouldn't do it sober. I wouldn't sing to a tree and some birds sober. I just love, they're like, ooh, there are some birds eating this bread. They must be good spirits. What kind of birds? An eagle. That's a good ooh, bird. That's a good bird. Um, everybody would then share a wassailing cup full of cider and generally have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that. Um... So I hope I'm pronouncing this one correctly as well. And I've kind of talked to you about this one before. I love this. Mary, I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Lewd. Um, it's L-Y-W-D. Sorry if I am mispronouncing that. Um, the celebration of Mary Lewd, or maybe it's L-W-Y-D. I've got it spelled both ways here. There seems to be a lot of typos. Anyway, <laughs> um, Mary Lude is uh, Holy Mary. Um, so the celebration, which originated in South Wales and is still celebrated in the region of Glamorgan, um, is one of the creepiest Chris Christmas traditions in the world. I, I don't think so, but let's go with it. Um, the Mary Lude itself is a dead horse dressed up and put on a pole. So it's like a it's like oh. a horse skeleton, like a, Ooh, a little, like a, a skull, thing. a horse skull. Yeah, okay. um, yeah. So people put this horse skull on a pole and dance it around. Uh, the Welsh government describes this celebration thus: "Quote, people made a horse figure from a horse's skull with decorative ears and eyes attached. They adorned it with colorful reins, bells, and ribbons, and wrapped it with a white sheet that is carried around on a pole." Mary Lude and its party would go door to door singing and challenging the families inside to a battle of rhyming insults in Welsh. At the end of the Battle of Wits, known as, I'm not even going to try to say this, P-W-N-C-O, Pionco, uh, the group would be invited into the house for refreshments. So I saw somebody in um, one, of my, one of my podcast groups on Facebook uh, talking about this and basically the person carrying the, the horse head would do this like this singing insults asking to come in and the person inside would have to sing back reasons why right. the person couldn't come in and if the person inside couldn't come up with anything fast enough the horse got to come inside and drink everything and drink all your alcohol drink all your beer so I love that. Um, 
The Mary Lude celebration dates back to pre-Christian times and seems to have once been part of a New Year's celebration, but has now become part of Welsh, Welsh Christmas folklore. And your thoughts on, and you thought your mother's old Christmas decorations were the creepiest thing about your festive season. Ooh. Could be worse. You could have worse clothes. So, all right. So we are moving on to a new article. Well, this one's this one's a blog, but a article nonetheless. A blarticle. A blarticle. Um, so this is from SpookyLittleHalloween.com, which I just Ooh. found, but I'm going to start reading immediately. Um, shoot, there was a, oh, no, that's not it. There was a, like a, like a post title. I didn't write it down and I'm sorry, but SpookyLittleHalloween.com is a, uh, a blog. You can read all about this. So, um, hide brooms on Christmas Eve. At one time, Christmas Eve was thought of much like Halloween, a time when the veil between the spirit or supernatural world was at its thinnest, and many traditions spoke to this belief. In Norway, it was believed that witches and evil spirits would descend on homes on Christmas Eve. If brooms were left out, these beings would swipe them to make their travels more efficient, so many Norwegians hid them. There are even some references to witches stealing the brooms for a Christmas night ride through the sky. Yeah, as you as do. As you do. <laughs> That's so, um, speaking of the Taylor Swift reference earlier, Taylor Swift res uh, released a second surprise album last week, and I was excited in a way that I was not okay because I was just like, I can't handle it. I can't handle this oh excitement, my God, right? Taylor. Um, but there's a song called Willow and it's fucking amazing. It's, oh my God. It's just really, really, really good. Anyway, the, uh, music video, there's a scene where she's like walking through the woods and she's got this like dark cloak and there's a bunch of other people wearing dark cloaks. And then there's like this, these, these like flying lighting orbs and everybody's like dancing around and it's very witchy. And I was like, this is gold, but it was like, there was snow on the ground and stuff. And I was like, Christmas witches. I like it. There you go. Yeah. Um, ghost stories. So this is a uh, uh, Christmas Carol. That's kind of where he got the idea from this based on the movie anyway, uh, is that he had a maid that was telling the kids like ghost stories. And she said that her mother told her that like spirits could walk the earth on Christmas. And like, that's right. where he got the idea again. That's from the movie, but, um, through the Victorian era, Christmas wasn't terribly different from Halloween because many believed it was a time when the veil between nat the natural and spirit worlds was at its thinnest. And because the days were long and cold, it was a time of year for families to gather around the fire and inevitably tell stories. Ghost stories. Oh my God. While the time of year, i.e. the abundance of darkness and season of death in the natural world, certainly speaks to telling ghost stories. Historians also cite the celebration of Yule in the winter solstice as reasons English society in particular took on the tradition of telling ghost stories on Christmas Eve. It's a tradition celebrated in A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Charles Dickens. Not many of us may tell ghost stories on Christmas Eve these days, 
but it's a fun tradition to resurrect and celebrate with your friends and family. Um, and then they have a link posted um, to 11 Christmas stories to read this holiday season. And I will put that in the show notes um, if you want to check that out. There's some pretty cool little uh, like short story books and stuff right. like that. So if you're feeling if you're feeling a little spooky this Christmas Eve, maybe check some of those out. So uh, this is another article. Um, it is from CountryLiving.com, and just a, a random a random website for your source, babe. The country can be spooky too. You'll understand why at the end of this article, why it's from countryliving.com. Um, so the title of this article is, this is what it means when you see a spider ornament on a Christmas tree Ooh. by, I, I think it's Taysha, T-A-Y-S-H-A, Taysha Murtaugh. While we may think of spiders as a symbol specific to Halloween, the eight-legged creatures actually come into play as Christmas symbols. Another folk tale from Europe, the history of spiders at Christmas time has been attributed to various countries, most often Ukraine and Germany. In one version of the story, a widowed mother is too poor to decorate her Christmas tree, so friendly spiders spin elaborate webs on the evergreen. When the mother and her family wake on Christmas morning, they open the curtains and sunlight hits the webs, turning them silver and gold. This tale is sometimes said to be the origin of tinsel. Ooh, tinsel. Uh, that reminds me, I have a tinsel string we need to wrap around the tree. I used it for my ugly sweater. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it's not spooky, but I'll have to put a picture of my ugly sweater on the uh, Instagram because I'm just so friggin' proud of it. I made a snow globe on a sweater. Um, we're having a contest at work on Friday, and I'm gonna win, so... Um, all right, where was I? The family had good fortune from then on. Other iterations claim it was Santa Claus or Jesus himself who transformed the webs so they wouldn't upset the mother. It's likely the legend is linked to the idea that spiders are lucky, but whatever the real reason, several sources, including the Evening Standard, report that Ukrainians decorate their Christmas trees with spider-shaped ornaments often made of beautiful beads to this day. And then it includes a link where you can buy all of these really beautiful, like ornate. Oh my God. My dad is calling me. Oh, we gotta pause. We're gonna take a short break so I could talk to my father. So that was a nice chat with your dad. That was a nice chat with my dad. Um, for you guys, it's gonna be all of one second, but that was straight up like an hour. So. Bam. Had to make some Christmas plans. So I am not going to Texas. Um, some of my family are, but I am not. My dad lives in Texas. So back to the spooky. So um, this is an article from independent.co.uk. So it's a UK website. Um, it is called The Dark History of Christmas Traditions by David Barnett. Ah, yes, Dave. Yes, yes, great guy. Yeah, I, I call a, him Davey. That's a bit that they do on the Bananas podcast is every time they're like, um, and this article is by so-and-so, 
and oh, just the best, just the greatest. Um, or like sometimes they'll be like, uh, this is from this publication. They really know what they're doing there every single time. Like, it's like, yeah, I love that. Listen to the Bananas podcast. It's about weird news stories and it is delightful. It's bananas. It's bananas. Back to the uh, dark traditions. So, um, da, 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 da. Uh, I started this in the middle of an article, so uh, it's a little disconjointed. Stay with me. Take the mistletoe, a practical plant that grows on other trees, but which was once found thought, which was once thought to have been fully formed trees in their own right, and which proved the wood from which Christ's cross was made. Going back further, Norse myth tells us of the god Baldr, who was killed by an arrow made of mistletoe. But we mostly associate the plant with the ancient druids of Old England, who legend says valued it so much, they would cut it from the oak trees it grew with a golden sickle and catch it in a cloak or robe before it hit the ground. For if it did, it would lose its special powers the druids were rumored to use in medicine and rituals. Ooh, druids. <laughs> it's just a weird thing to ooh. Um, well, I mean, that was my which, first character in World of Warcraft. I was a druid. Yeah? Yeah. What was your name? Was it Noah? No, it was Tressel. Oh. Well, who was Noah? Noah's a human priest. It's a human name, babe. Noah is a human name. Oh, forgive me Trestle for not knowing name. Name, the rules of this fictional video game. His name was Trestle Leaf Flyer. That's a, that's a good name. It sounds like a troll name. Leaf like Flyer? That's yeah, a very like a, elven like a, name. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. It's like Skywalker. I think that's the origin of the name. Skywalker? Yeah, but I changed the Leaf Flyer. Get it? Oh! No. Anyway, so... I mean, it's just, a, like, a connection. Right. Um, he's coming back for the Obi-Wan series? Hayden Christensen, you know, oh, Skywalker? I was thinking of Luke, but, yeah, no, Hayden is coming back. Mm. I was just talking about that. I was in love with Hayden Christensen back in the Disney. In love with him. Yeah, I just want Mace Windu back. That's all I want. Okay, we're going on a little bit of a, what do you call, what do you call, what do you Change call? It. Thank you. Um, we watched The Mandalorian. No spoilers here, but basically it alludes to there's probably going to be a Jedi at some point coming in. If it's not Mace Windu, I'm going to be upset because if Darth Maul can survive being chopped in half and tossed down a pit, Mace Windu can survive being sucked out a window. Okay? Well, I mean, he would his arm was chopped off and he was shot out the window with the force lightning. Anakin had all of his arms and legs cut off. That doesn't mean nothing. He didn't have all of his arms cut off, did he? Wasn't he still crawling? Well, his one hand had already been cut off. Oh, so he had a robot hand. Right. I, I got, I it's been a long time. I know for sure at least both of his legs have been cut off. Well, yeah, because Obi-Wan had the high ground. Right, right. <laughs> okay, so back to the spooky. Um, uh, which might be a good thing to recount as a distraction technique if Derek from Accountants tries to trap you under the mistletoe at the office party this week. They're trying to be funny, but I didn't get it. Um, I, I got it. It was more of a, huh. Like, huh, Derek. <laughs> 
Um, it used. I mean, I don't know Derek, but oh, Derek from accounting, of course. Trying to kiss me. Gross. Mistletoe is not an excuse to kiss somebody that hasn't given you consent to be kissed. PSA, the more you know. So, it used to be said that mistletoe was banned in churches because of its pagan associations. Though York Minister, which itself has ancient links to the Vikings, used to hold a special mistletoe service where the city's wrongdoers could beg the pardon of the church. From mistletoe to the holly and the ivy, two Christmas staples, but be careful with them for they reek of danger. I'm not just talking about pricking your finger. According to old customs, holly should never be brought into your house before Christmas Eve or bad luck will result. And you all know that your Christmas decoration should be taken down by 12th night or January 6th, one of Christ's early birthdays, remember. But old English tradition says you shouldn't just throw Christmas greenery out the door or death will occur in the house before the following Yuletide. Oh, my God. So I don't know if that was me chopping up the article. Um, Some of those sentences didn't make a whole lot of uh, continuity sense. But, uh, yeah, so there's that. There you go. Yeah, so that's some. uh, Yeah, come on. Come on, Davey. Um, That's some uh, creepy, spooky Christmas stuff for you. Um, Next week, we're going to be talking about something similar. Different spooky kind of versions of Santa. Krampus might make an appearance. Krampus may make an appearance. And uh, we might have to watch that episode of The Office with uh, Belsnickel in it. I need to watch the movie Krampus. Has he killed David Kochner? I don't know. I've, I've never seen it. It did come out on my birthday when it came out, though. It was PG-13, so it's also possible that nobody died. Uh, no, people die in PG-13 movies. It just can't be super cool. Well, I'm just saying it's possible. It's possible. But, I mean, it's also possible. I don't know. I mean, it's... I heard, I heard it was pretty dark, so... I mean, as it would be, it's fucking Krampus, but... Yeah, but... So, we'll talk... We will talk about Krampus, um, and the, the Krampus run, and... Shoot, I forget where it is. Iceland? No. Anyway, uh, but yeah, just several different Santa figures. We might talk about Mel Gibson's new movie coming out because that's kind of. <gasps> I need to. Well, I've heard very good things. I've heard it's really weird, but like it's. Oh, is really... it out? Yeah, 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 yeah. It? We can. Uh, we should uh, mention it this weekend because I saw it in a red box last week. <laughs> right. I, um, I almost got it, but. You should have. Yeah, if you don't know what we're talking about, it's called Fat Man, and. Um, <laughs> Mel it's Gibson a, plays it's a Santa. Dark and, gritty, dark and gritty reboots about Santa, played by Mel Gibson. I don't think the word reboot applies. It's just a. Uh, I mean, I, an adaptation of the Santa. I don't know, but anyway, uh, yeah, basically, it's Santa's just like Santa's seen some shit, and then some kid doesn't get what he wants, so he hires a hitman to, to kill Santa. Yep. But um. Bam. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Don't Touch That It's Haunted. Um, I'm gonna put up some pictures. I've done a couple of gift exchanges through different like podcast groups that I'm a part of on Facebook. 
Um, and I made some of my gifts. So I'm going to post some pictures of those because they're they're kind of creepy. Like I did a uh, I did a card exchange in my um, this podcast is haunted group um, because a bunch of us have gone through financial hardships because of the COVID. So we were like, this year we're going to do a, a card exchange. So I made a Nightmare Before Christmas card and then I made some little uh, Nightmare Before Christmas ornaments to go Ooh. with it. So I'll post some pictures of that. And then um, I did a My Favorite Murder gift exchange. Um, and the person that I had really loves the Mothman. The so, Mothman. so I made a little felt Mothman and he's pretty cute. Yeah. So yeah. Um, you can email me at don't touch that it's haunted at gmail.com. Let me know uh, topics that you want to talk about. If you have any feelings on the topics that we did talk about. Yeah. Um, spooky traditions that you do for Christmas or what whatever holiday that you celebrate this holiday season. Mine just happens to be Christmas and that's why we talked about Christmas. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I don't know if I can think of anything else. That's all I got. Yeah. So uh, everybody have a nice weekend. If you're doing some holiday traditions this weekend, be safe. Uh, just remember, don't touch that. It's haunted. <laughs>